Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On this episode of the History Worth Saving Podcast, we're talking to a wildlife artist, a guy who can bring nature right into your living room or wherever you hang great paintings. And I have to tell you in full disclosure how I came about his work. I was walking through a major retail store, an outdoor store, one of these places that is a complete immersive experience. Right when you walk in, the roaring fire, even if it's in the summertime, it draws you in to this world, this idealized world where we all feel so comfortable and cozy. I don't know what another word for it, but there was a painting and I noticed a gentleman staring at it and it was of this cabin by the river. And there was a fly fisherman standing there, enjoying the morning or the afternoon, whatever it might have been. And this guy was completely captured. He's just standing there staring at it. And it was this light switch that went off in my head. And I thought, man, I got to talk to this artist because whatever he's selling, I want to buy it and (laughs) I want to live it. And joining us today is none other than the guy who painted that painting. Dallin Lampson. He's a wildlife artist out there in Idaho where he has at his beck and call these vistas and views that all of the rest of us dream about and dream about living in. And this guy gets to do it every day. Dallin, welcome to History Worth Saving. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. What are you what are you selling in these paintings, Dallin? What is that? What is that feeling that we get when we stare into these things? Uh, I'll tell you what, that's a really good question. (laughs) Some days I think I know the answer to that, and other days I wonder a little bit if I know the answer to that. Uh, And I say that because I'm I'm one of those people that, uh, uh, gosh, feels very blessed to do what I absolutely love to do as an occupation drawing and painting pictures um and maybe this is a long-winded answer to your question but what i find interesting is every once in a while i'll produce something as an artist that artistically speaking i think i've knocked something out of the park i think i've just nailed it and i assume that the general public the buying public is going to feel that same way about it and uh, it's been a humbling experience to realize sometimes that's not entirely true. <laughs> you mean they don't like not... everything you put out? <laughs> Imagine that Some... as an artist. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I am not on the same page with the buying public. Right. But that being said, I, I think generally speaking, there are some universals. Uh, one of those universals is when life seems especially hectic, when life seems especially hard, when what we're hearing on the news or reading about is, uh, is, is, is hard on the ears or, or, or abrasive to our senses, uh, we all kind of have this yearning to be somewhere where there's some serenity, you know, somewhere where there's some peace. 
And I think as often as not, we associate that with nature. Hmm. Uh, I, I think there's just something kind of inherent within us that uh, we kind of have that yearning to be in those places, those uh, majestic, beautiful, God-created places that give us that sense of serenity that at various and sundry times I think we all crave. Well, I want to just get this in here because uh, you're not just a run-of-the-mill artist. You were honored uh, as Artist of the Year by both the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation uh, and the Mule Deer Foundation. And for folks who are not hunters or avid outdoorsmen, uh, those names uh, might seem foreign. But I would encourage you to go to DallinLamsonArt.com and check out his work as we do this uh, show. And for your convenience, we're just going to quick link it right there at the bottom of the show story. Uh, you can just click on that link and it'll take you there. And you can still listen to this show if you open it up in another window. But uh, Dallin, how did you get started in this? I know you, you you've come from a family of artists, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be an artist how did how did you fall in love with this uh well uh, you are exactly right uh my dad hayden lamson who might i do not mind bragging on a little bit because in addition to being a, a magnificent artist he's just a wonderful human being and i'm the lucky guy that gets to call him dad but yeah, he's a wildlife artist. Uh, he still produces wildlife art, not at the pace that he used to when he had, uh, what, 10 mouths to feed. Uh, but uh, when I was just a little tyke, um, he had converted uh, what was our garage into a very uh, comfortable, homey studio. Uh, and I'd go out in that studio and just sit on uh, sit on the steps that stepped down into that studio, and those were adjacent to his easel where he was working. I'd sit on those steps, and for hours, I mean literally hours, I would just watch him paint because I was so I was so intrigued, just so fascinated by that creative process. Uh, just just watching that blank canvas slowly come to life and become something majestic, something beautiful. That process was always so fascinating to me. And I loved that I got to be that fly on the wall, that it was so close and readily available to me. Uh, and so those are my earliest memories. Um, kind of the, the victim of my upbringing <laughs> is what I like to tell people. Was there ever a point, uh, though, where so your dad said, you know, look, I, I think you need to maybe look at becoming a dermatologist or maybe you need to be a cardiologist or how about how about a trial attorney, son? Anything but art. I mean, or did he not do that? And was he one of these rare fathers that just brings you into it? Well, let me put it this way. As, as someone who is a dad myself to, to six children, I, I cannot believe he didn't have that conversation with me <laughs> somewhere along the way. I, uh, right. <clears throat> I, I, uh, I, 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 he, he was that rare individual that you referenced. He was that someone who was very encouraging, very supportive. You know, I mentioned those formative years sitting in that studio with him and watching him do what he did. And part and parcel to all that was, uh, kind of a pattern that I, I still follow a little bit. And that is I'd, I'd grab a sheet of paper and I would draw something, uh, crayon, pencil, pen, you know, whatever I could get my hands on back then. And I would draw something, usually an animal because that's, that's what I thought was neat. And I would take it to him and I'd say, here's, here's what I drew dad. What, what do you think? 
And I loved his approach because he would spend the first couple of minutes in a very matter of fact way, uh, even to me as this young little tyke, you know, but he would say, oh, gosh, Dallin, here are some things I really like about what you've done here. And he'd point out some things that he felt were pretty successful about this, you know, what must have been uh, pretty shoddy work as a little kid. But it was important to him that uh, we start out on a positive note. And then from there, he would say, now, here are some things that I think if you tweaked it, if you worked it just a little bit, would make this even better. And he'd give me some suggestions, and I'd work on that a little bit and then bring it back to him for more feedback. And to this day, I'll, I'll, I'll do a painting, and I'll put it out there on social media where he can see it along with everybody else. And sometimes he'll, he'll shoot me a message in private and say, hey, Dallin, I, I like this. I like this, but <laughs> here, there it comes. <laughs> here, here are some things that uh, might make this even better. Uh, and gosh, I, uh, I I learned all kinds of good stuff from that. For one thing, how to be a semi decent parent myself, uh, and for another, how to take constructive criticism, uh, and for another, just a sense of what it takes to get really good at something, which uh, as often as not involves some constructive criticism along the way and having the thick skin to take it. Boy, isn't that the truth? You know, and, and so many folks uh, who probably see your work have opinions uh, who are, you know, perhaps critical, perhaps uncritical, perhaps the worst in the world is, my goodness, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And you hear that <laughs> over and over and over again. You know, I, I get that too. But I think that your work stands on its own. I, I wanted to to bring this up because I think that so oftentimes when artists reach commercial success, uh, they're sort of written off. And I, and I remember, I remember this show that I did about the author, Gary Riley. He was a, he was a cab driver and he said, I'm going to paraphrase it. And I'm probably going to mess it all up. But he said to the effect, he said, you know, I, I would love to become uh, a writer, a serial and commercial writer. Uh, but I, I don't know if I have the talent to sink that low. And I always thought that that was just that was just so, so amazing. He published 25 books posthumously uh, after after his friends found them in his apartment. Uh, he was a Denver cab oh, wow. driver. And it's a it's a great story uh, from our first season. But, I, you know, I see guys like yourself who hit that who hit that stride and you're you're in the big stores. You're in uh, shows and successful uh, as an artist and able to make a living. And, and sometimes you know, the other painters, they look at you and they go, well, you know, whatever. But the work stands on its own. I want to ask you, though, about your early work, because when you talked about your father and, and the constructive criticism for everybody, I know so many artists who hear something or see something that they did 10 or 15 years ago and they go, man, I, you know, I just don't know. Do you have one of those, but that, <laughs> but that it's the family favorite or it's, you know, it's still commercially sales and you, you just kind of cringe or is it, are you still happy with everything? Uh, well, that, that's a good question. I, uh, trying to think of how best to answer that, quite frankly, <laughs> that, that there, that there, there's a challenge in kind of inherent, I think, in, in what I do. And I think a lot of other artists as, a, as I've talked to other artists, uh, can, can, can kind of speak to this. And that is that if, if you're doing a piece of art, particularly uh, maybe something a little larger or a little more technical, that's mm -hmm. more time involved, 
uh, you stare at it for a long time, uh, hours, and the hours turn into days, and sometimes the days turn into weeks. And and in that process, is it's very easy to become a little bit numb to what it is you're working on. Uh, and so... <clears throat> On the one hand, I've, I've got to be pleased with it. I've got to feel good about it before I sign my name on it and put it out there for the world to see and, and possibly even publish it and get it out there to uh, different outlets and whatnot. And so uh, at some level, I, 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 I need to like it before it ever gets to that point. But by the same token, there, there's this side of, of us artists that we tend to be hypercritical of ourselves uh, and, uh, and in some ways that's how we get good. Uh, in other ways that can be the death of us. But, uh, in, in, in that process, <clears throat> sometimes it, it isn't until I've looked at a piece years later that I'm able to really appreciate it, uh, to give myself that kind of time and space, that distance from it to where you can look at it and get something of kind of that that fresh knee-jerk reaction to seeing it, almost as if you're seeing it for the first time. Uh, In fact, that's something I tell people all the time. I'm like, I I have a hard time really appreciating my own work. Usually it's the work of other artists Mm -hmm. that I find I'm able to really enjoy and appreciate because I haven't had to stare at it day day out. I, I, I get to look at it and enjoy the pleasure of just that 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 breath of fresh air as you take in a beautiful piece of art for the first time well you know i get all of the mountain scenes and i get the you know i get the 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 wild life if you will but you're so diverse and you go to your website there again it's uh it's quick linked into the show story dallinlampsonart.com but if you go there the breadth of your work i mean you have sharks on here you have saltwater fish you don't walk out in the middle of idaho and find you know, find a, a big trophy <laughs> trout out there like where I'm from. I grew up down in South Texas, live in Georgia now, but I'm, you know, so many, mm. so many paintings down there of redfish and trout uh, on the strike and, and just it, amazing, amazing imagery. But I look at yours and I think here's a guy out, you know, in the wilds of Idaho uh, who's painting this stuff and it just speaks to your talent. And I think that that's, I think that's remarkable. Where do you see yourself in a few years, what are you what are you striving for and working on right now? Because clearly, you're doing all right with this stuff. What keeps you excited about painting? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for your very kind words. I I, I, I genuinely appreciate all that. I, I I was very blessed to have some wonderful coattails where my dad was in that industry for so long, uh, and so when I started out uh, professionally, you know, trying to do art and make money doing it. Uh, it was, uh, didn't, didn't take a lot of, well, it took a lot of effort, but it didn't take a lot of convincing, I should say, uh, for a publisher to, to pick me up and say, well, we like what you're doing. Would you produce art for us? If we like it, we'll publish it and we'll just kind of write up a business arrangement here. Uh, and so it, uh, we, we were able to make that happen. And, And what I learned very quickly is depending on who you do work for, uh, you're either catering to a very broad audience or, or you're catering to a, a fairly, you know, niche sort of uh, audience. Uh, and in this case, with this particular publisher, and these are the same people responsible for getting the work that I do into the Bass Pro stores and Cabela stores and whatnot. Uh, 
Uh, but they've got a rather broad uh, customer base uh, from the people who love to, 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 to see and hear and hunt bull elk uh, in, the, in the northwest to uh, people that love to uh, go saltwater fishing off the, the Florida Keys. Uh, they, they cater to all of the, the, those folks. And so as an artist, uh, my, uh, my challenge was to, to, to do the best I could artistically to try to cater to those people um, on canvas to produce art that you could sell to that guy that loved bull elk in the West and uh, hopefully something for those that love chasing tarpon down in the Keys or mahi-mahi. I find that's very fun, by the way, just, just that range, the option of being able to one day paint a, a polar bear and another day uh, paint a mahi-mahi <laughs> from, from down in the tropics. That kind of variety is just the spice of life, and I, I love it. I love the challenge that comes with it, the new palettes, the new color palette I have to develop to do it, uh, the amount of time that I have to spend studying something that I didn't know much about. Uh, how, how do these fish hunt? Uh, where do they live? Uh, wh what do people use to try to catch them? If I'm depicting an angler uh, trying to hook into one of these exotic looking fish in some place that I'm not familiar with, I, I enjoy all of that that kind of leads up to finally putting paint to canvas. What have you learned about Americans and the American spirit as you learn how to paint all of these different scenes from all over the country. I'm, I'm so blessed that, that the people that I work with, so many of them uh, really are just salt of the earth people, uh, people that come to me. And, and a lot of these are people who were uh, country folks. Um, gosh, every other piece I ship out of here, FedEx charges me and, an extra fee for because they tell me these folks live off the grid out there you know, <laughs> in, in no man's land. Uh, and uh, I, I find that uh, these people are close to nature. These people, uh, a lot of them are very, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, very patriotic. Uh, they love this country. A lot of them are God-fearing people. They love their neighbor. Um, more often than not, uh, as I have uh, interactions with people who, who buy my art or, or comment on my art or what have you, I come away from those conversations feeling very uplifted uh, about the people, at least the people that I get a chance to interact with. And I think they're pretty indicative of people in general in this country that we live in. And so by that token, I find myself feeling pretty hopeful, pretty optimistic. I think people by and large are good. I, uh, uh, every once in a while we, we deal with people that are less than pleasant to work with. And I think that when it comes to the media and the news and sometimes what we hear and what we see, I, I think sometimes it's that real, squeaky hinge that real squeaky wheel that kind of rises to the surface and gets the attention but uh mostly i just find that the people i interact with are are pleasant as can be dallin where where do you draw your inspiration so um uh, th there are a couple of answers to that uh, uh the family that i grew up in was a very outdoorsy family uh, within my family for generations, uh, hunting, for example, has been 
uh, a very multi-generational, very traditional element of my upbringing, my family, my background. And while I myself am not a very good hunter, <laughs> I am someone who thoroughly enjoys an excuse to get out into the woods, to get out into nature, whether it's hiking, whether it's fishing, whether it's camping, whether it's just taking a road trip through the mountains, uh, whether it's hunting. I just, I just absolutely love nature. I just absolutely have a love affair with uh, all things wildlife. Um, I just feel so blessed to live in a part of the country, part of the world where a lot of that is so readily available to me. Sure. Uh, and so all of that certainly factors into the work that I produce, that, that upbringing, that love and that passion for the stuff that I'm generally painting. Uh, the other thing that inspires me is uh, uh, between my wife and I, we've got six kids, and so there are eight of us all together, and uh, I'm the sole provider here, and there's nothing like having a whole bunch of mouths to feed to really inspire you to do what needs done to make the money. Yeah, get painting, so right? <laughs> that's the, exactly, exactly. So that's that's the other source of my my inspiration. Right. Baby needs new shoes. Right. I mean, I get it. So uh, <laughs> go go buy lots and lots of art there at Dallin, uh, Dallin art, uh, dot com, which is quick linked into the show story. If there's there's something for everybody on there. And that's what I love about your work is whether it is the cabin by the woods or whether it's uh, the bull elk. I mean, there there's all kind of stuff on there. Do, do you have one that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I, I, I asked another painter this one time and and they surprised me with their answer. So I'll ask it again. What do you have something right now that you're, that you're really excited about or, or what are you working on? Uh, so, so earlier we were talking about some of your travels uh, out here in this part of the country and, and, and from above, from, from this plane, you were able to bank out these LDS temples. Yeah. Yeah. Down below. This was a trip that I took and I, you and I were talking before we started the show and I was telling everybody about this trip that I had taken and uh, it's someday there will be a book down the road but it was a big aviation trip <laughs> i hope so yeah oh yeah it was it was a 10 weeks uh solo trip across this great oh, land wow. of ours in uh from literally from all every single border i mean all the way around the country and i uh, got shanghai on a ranch out there uh for uh for a couple of weeks out there outside of driggs idaho when the plane was broken down for nearly a month at a friend of mine's place and uh just a, a, a stayed in a cabin with no water and uh no electricity and uh, fortunately there was one nearby <laughs> so it wasn't entirely <laughs> but it makes for a better story but but what a what a yeah i mean what a great place to fall in love with the land and the people and yeah you navigate by the by the big you know lds temples the latter-day saint temples that are out there i guess it's a temple um it, it's certainly uh, very likely yeah, yeah. big big yeah. white structure and uh enormous and of course you can just line up on them right there at rexburg that's right off the end of the runway i mean so you're working on one of these uh, what a magnificent a magnificent uh, monument out in the west to see those uh well well yeah yeah you you turn a corner on the freeway or a highway somewhere and suddenly there's this you know beautiful generally big white uh, beautiful edifice in these these LDS temples. And I, and I only reference that because incidentally, that is something I'm working on right now. I, I haven't done a lot of um, uh, religious work per se, 
but recently some folks that, uh, in, incidentally, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, and we are the ones that build these, these temples we're talking about here. And uh, a couple, some good friends of mine that I go to church with, uh, they said, Dallin, you know, they're, they're now, they have just finished building one of these beautiful temples here in Pocatello, where I live. And they said, we, we would love to commission you to do a painting of this temple. And uh, so I've got this 22 by 28 inch canvas sitting on the easel right now, uh, staring at me in a very intimidating sort of way. Waiting to be finished. <laughs> Wait, waiting right. to be finished. Right. Exactly. Well, what, it, but it's what a little a stark... bit outside of my will, wheelhouse. Well, I, I get I, that. I, I get that. But what a stark and, and contrast. So it, it's going to be fun. Yeah. The contrast of those things against the land. And I can just imagine out there in uh, Pocatello seeing that thing against the mountainside. Uh, what it must look like coming around the highway or uh, oh yeah I mean, yeah really... especially in the evening they 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 light it up the temple is well sure. lit and so you just see this thing sticking out like a a beautiful sore thumb <laughs> well there you go well, <laughs> up, I... up on the hillside here yeah yeah so it, it for for me this project is fun in that it's something different which i always like it's it's a different kind of subject matter for me it'll have some landscape and and even just a little bit of wildlife sprinkled into the foreground so that i'm not totally feeling naked yeah. <laughs> as, I, as, as I'm painting this subject matter, but, uh, it, uh, it, it's meaningful, so meaningful to the people that I'm doing it for. And because this is something that speaks to my faith as well, it is in turn meaningful to me. And so it's, it's going to be a special project already. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's going to be, it's going to have me pulling out what few hairs I have left here. <laughs> it's going to be going to be some of that going on as well, but Usually those are the ones that uh, turn out to be the most gratifying in the end. The ones you kind of have to toil over a little bit to yeah. get it where you want it to look. Well, if folks want to see you at a show, at an art show, I guess we're still doing those now with coming out of COVID and everything else. Uh, where, where are you headed off to next to display your art? Uh, gosh, I, I wish I had a good answer to that. I just, I just finished up a, a show in... Uh, Anaconda, Montana. Yes, there is such a place. Anaconda, Montana. I did a little show there, just, uh, what was it, two or three day show over the weekend. Um, and frankly, I, I've got nothing on the calendar right now. Uh, nothing else going on at the moment. But that's the I'll, sign uh, of a successful artist, one who is not... Well, that's uh, what I tell people. ...is not going from show to show. <laughs> you can find his work, as he mentioned, at Bass Pro and Cabela's, which is uh, where I saw it one day stumbling in. And I think that I think the, the website uh, there that's quick linked into the show story is just a phenomenal resource for any fan or, or person just discovering your work to take a look at it. Uh, talk to me about delivery. You, you have prints, and I'm guessing you can also print on canvas these days. Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, probably the bulk of what I offer anymore, certainly the bulk of what you'll find on the website is a canvas product. Uh, the work that I have there is uh, represented by two different publishers, one back east uh, in Michigan, at least east of me here in Idaho, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and the other a little bit closer to home in Blackfoot, Idaho. Uh, they also do some publishing for me and those products that they generate with my art, uh, those, those are what you'll find on our website. And just about all of that is a canvas product. 
I do offer some paper prints here in the studio, but I, I don't even list those on the website currently. I just tell folks, hey, if there's something you see here on canvas that you really like, but but want to see it on paper or need it on paper, reach out to me in person. And if we can accommodate you, we sure will. I think it's wonderful. Dallin Lamson, the time has flown by. You can find him at DallinLamsonArt.com. It's quick linked into the show story, our wildlife artist. Dallin, I, I cannot thank you enough, though, for coming on here. Uh, as we as we wrap well, things up, the feeling is mutual. Well, listen, as <laughs> as we wrap things me. up, what do you want people to know in the last uh, thirty seconds that we have left here? Give give us the the, the parting shot, the closing comment, if you will, Dallin. Uh, oh, that's a lot of pressure. Um, uh, I I would say this: as you look around you, just about everything is art, uh, from the buildings that we erect to the stationery that's on your. Uh, that's on your your business papers to your business card to the stuff you've got hanging on your walls to the clothes that you wear I mean to the stuff you see on the boxes and cans as you walk down the grocery aisle it's it's all art Uh, the poetry the beautiful music you love to hear Uh, so don't downplay the importance of art in this wonderful life that we have in the short time that we're down here on this beautiful earth uh, take some time to give it a look, to enjoy it, to breathe it in. <laughs> I love it. Dallin Lamson, it's been history worth saving. Thanks so much for coming on. Folks, if you want to follow along with us, you can do so right there at facebook.com slash history worth saving or the HWS history worth saving podcast. Even more easy than that. Sign up for our newsletter. How about that at historyworthsaving.com. Sign up for the newsletter never miss an episode my thanks again to dallin for coming on and my thanks to you for listening if you've enjoyed this share it with a friend and if not well share it with someone who you think might like it thanks again for listening so long for now everyone <laughs>